It is the show we call Making Money. Ron Hebert is the financial coach, retired portfolio manager. I'm Gord Whitehead, a retired broadcaster. Ron, we've touched on this topic. We've mentioned it along the way over the last couple of years. Maybe we treat it a little bit like governments have, and that's infrastructure. Well, we're going to focus on it now, and people have to wake up to the fact this is a really big issue. You know, we've got a collection of bridges, roads, ports, pipes, wires, towers that really reflects our modern life. And we pay little attention to it until it fails. Then its inconvenience really focuses our attention for a brief period until it's patched. But investors should really dig a little deeper because much of our infrastructure, frankly, is dilapidated. Its average life has exceeded its life expectancy. So you take things like, for example, uh, water pipes. Uh, Their average age is 45 years. Their life expectancy is 50. Dams are 55 years, uh, are 50 years of life expectancy. They're over it. Most dams are close to 60 years. Pipes for oil and gas transporting, most of them were built in the 60s and 70s. You know, all this stuff, roads and, and, and levees and, and uh, electrical infrastructure, all this needs to be upgraded or replaced. You know, you think you mentioned the water pipes. You think about Flint, Michigan. How many years ago was it that we started talking about the water problems in Flint? That's like 25 years ago? Yeah, and they still haven't got it fixed. They still haven't got it fixed. So, you know, governments have been pushing this to the back burner for a long time. And I think, you know, it's time to pay the bellman here, isn't it? Well, you know, you look at condo associations, which are legislated to do an engineering study every few years to establish a timetable and cost estimates for the replacement of major infrastructure. Then they set condo fees accordingly so that they can save enough money to pay for the upgrades they're needed. A reserve fund, yeah. Yeah, we call it a reserve fund, you know, and it's it's just logical so you're not caught with your pants down when you've got a large repair. But in most governments, the problem is that no money has been saved for most public infrastructure, even the maintenance. There's no contingency fund. Infrastructure has been ignored. It's been neglected. It's, uh, I mean, you, you look at... Look at roads. Typically. <laughs> roads. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. About the only time we get upset is in spring when our roads are all bust up and uh, you end up uh, bending a rim when you hit a pothole. So other than that... You know, I mean, we go to the, the polls and we'll vote for a candidate, for example, that wants to build a new arena or wants to build an, ex, uh, you know, bring a professional sports team here or whatever. But very seldom do you ever see a politician standing up and basing his platform or her platform on, hey, we need to fix things, not build new things. We need to fix what we have because it's falling apart. I mean, it seems to be easy to get uh, billions for extensions of light rail transit or, or other things, but it's very, it seems very difficult to be able to find the funding just to repair what you've already got. And, and this is a big number. Like, let's take water. You did some research. You just, pardon the expression, you drilled down on water. Look at, look at the cost of what it would, do, it would be just to fix water infrastructure. Yeah, in the U.S. alone, they're talking $1 trillion because basically the water infrastructure, the water pipes, have 
a life expectancy of about 50 years. And the average pipe has been in the ground 45 years. But you go to areas like New York, some of those pipes have been in the ground for over 100 years, and or they Chicago. haven't been touched. Yeah, any of the big, Chicago. big cities, right? Yeah. You know, Toronto, Montreal, some of the eastern cities where they put in infrastructure a century ago, and this stuff is breaking. It needs to be repaired. So for investors, as we like to talk about on this show, because we're always looking for mega trends, things that investors can look at, put money in, and then just sit back and watch it play out. Now, it isn't going to play out because all of a sudden everyone gets enthusiastic for about this. It's going to play out because, frankly, as things start breaking down, you start not getting water in your home, the electrical system browns out, and uh, the roads get worse and worse, and transportation infrastructure collapses, there's going to be more and more money over the next few years that has to be devoted to this because we're not talking small chump change, as we talked about just a minute ago. You know, just the cost to repair uh, water infrastructure is a trillion in one country. And then you start expanding upon that dams and, and, and rail transit and all the other things that need to be looked at, ports. Um, this, is, this is going to amount to a huge amount of money that we're not going to be able to, you know, right now we brush it under the rug and we let things get older and older. But as things break, they need to be fixed. So this, I think, probably rec- uh, represents one of the greatest investment opportunities, megatrends of our time. And for investors that are patient and let this investment thesis unfold, I think that it could be a very, very profitable place to put money over time. All right, let's take a look at some of the different areas, different companies then that, that could be involved in this. I mean, construction firms obviously come to the top of mind, but it's, it's bigger than that, isn't it? There's many, many different ways to play the infrastructure megatrend. And we've got, uh, I've just touched on a few of them. You know, we've talked about specialty infrastructure, construction, construction materials, construction companies, engineering firms, and companies that own infrastructure. So there's many, many ways to play this. And so as an investor, we're just going to try and broaden your horizon a little bit and give you examples of companies in each one of these sectors so that you can find something that fits nicely within your portfolio. And obviously, you know, we're in an interesting year in 2023 because nobody's sure whether uh, the economy is going to take off from here or we're going to have a recession in the second half. So there could still be opportunities and, and, and good buying chances to get some of these names. So what we try to do on the show is just give you good quality names. Um, you can watch them, add them to your watch list. And uh, when they get reasonable price, uh, load up on them and, and use some of these names to fill the gaps because I think everybody wants to have some infrastructure in their own portfolio. Okay, so there must be companies that own this stuff. They're not all owned by the municipalities that they're incorporated into. Is that where we start? Who owns infrastructure? Well, the 800-pound gorilla on the block is Brookfield Corp. And uh, Brookfield, the symbol is BN, it trades in Toronto. It's got a dividend of about 1.5%. And Brookfield owns and manages for others 
a very extensive list of global infrastructure assets. In fact, the amount of assets in the infrastructure area they have under administration is close to a trillion dollars. And Brookfield owns dams, they own ports, they own rail, they own electrical uh, uh, generating facilities, they own pipelines, uh, they own, I can just go on and on, they own a lot of real estate uh, apartments, they own uh, office towers, and, and the list just goes on and on and on. Electrical uh, generating, uh, we're talking mostly renewable stuff, uh, wind assets, solar assets. So these guys have their fingers virtually everywhere. They take ownership of some of these assets, but they also manage a big pool of money for institutional investors like pension funds and, and uh, large private endowments, things like that, where um, these endowments will give Brookfield money and they'll put it to work buying these assets in these various pools they manage. So not only do they own assets, but they also get revenue off it because they charge a management fee for managing uh, this massive portfolio. So if you're looking for a broad play, not on building infrastructure, but on owning infrastructure, Brookfield is a company that I've owned for at least a decade now. And I have no plans to sell it. And I use opportunities when it gets cheap. I add more of it to my own portfolio for the simple reason that Brookfield is one of those companies that is one of the best managed high growth companies on the TSX market. Okay, let's talk a little bit about somebody's got to come up with the plan on how to do this. That brings engineering companies into play. And a good Canadian engineering company is Stantec, right? A good Canadian company, and not only is it a Canadian company, and not only is it an Alberta company, it's an Edmonton company. So someone can say, I've got a little bit of, uh, of hometown bias here, but Stantec is uh, Acon, and there's a number of other plays in the sector. But Stantec is a good example of a company that provides engineering, architecture, environmental consulting services, um, and they do it in Canada, United States, and they've also got big international operations. And so before you build it, you've got to design it, and that's where companies like Stantec come in. STN trades on Toronto. Construction companies, I mean, there's any number of them out there uh, from uh, and construction companies all over the world, but we want to focus on ones that are here in Canada. What, what's your pick there? Well, Bird Construction would be a good example of a Canadian-based company that's publicly traded. A lot of the large companies that are in the construction industry, like PCL, for example, they're private companies, so investors don't have a chance of uh, investing in them. But Bird Construction is a company, it's got a yield of 4.4%. And Bird, it does con industrial, commercial, and uh, institutional work right across Canada. Construction materials have to have the stuff to build it with, right? Boy, you need things like uh, sand, gravel, cement, asphalt, and paving, uh, tar, asphalt, things like that. And Martin Marietta Materials, MLM, it trades on New York. It has a small yield of about 0.7%. But literally, if you go to a construction site, you're going to see piles of sand, gravel, cement. Uh, you'll see all the basic building materials sitting there. 
And they have to come from somewhere. And especially when infrastructure is involved, these are basically um, some of the key building blocks to build virtually anything. The other thing you see, and I live in an area where there's a lot of development going on, Ron, <laughs> a lot of heavy equipment gets involved. You're digging foundations or you're, or you're digging trenches to get an infrastructure, right, or put in new infrastructure. Heavy equipment's a big one, I would think. Yeah, it's an, that's just another way to play the trend. And, of course, uh, the 800-pound gorilla in the space is Caterpillar. It's CAT, trades on the New York Stock Exchange. It's got a yield of 1.9%. And, of course, Caterpillar is just synonymous with uh, because they manufacture construction machines, mining machines, uh, equipment for uh, turbines, gas and diesel engines. So they're, they've got their fingers in a lot of pies, and much of that equipment is, is certainly used for, for building out infrastructure. And equipment gets old. Equipment needs to be replaced. And so there's a continuous market, and I, I expect over time demand will grow for their products just as we have more and more equipment that's going to be needed just to maintain what we've got, let alone grow. Any specialty concerns in this in this overlook here? Anybody that's maybe plays something that's kind of on the fringe that we may not be aware of? Well, I like xylem, and that's uh, difficult spelling, but X-Y-L-E-M. Good it's, Scrabble uh, X- word. <laughs> oh, yeah, good Scrabble word, actually. And XYL trades New York. It's got a yield of 1%. And Xylem builds and services wastewater treatment plants in the United States, Europe, Asia, Pacific, and frankly, around the world. And this is one of the most critical needs because, you know, if the, the roads are a little bumpy, yeah, you complain, but you just drive a little uh, slower and weave your way around the potholes, especially in Edmonton in spring. But with water, I mean, we all expect to turn on our tap and have uh, clean, safe water to drink, water to use for uh, washing our cars, taking our showers, watering our plants. So this is what many consider to be the most critical of infrastructure. So when you're looking for money getting allocated, if a politician has to look at a few more potholes in the roads, or, or frankly, uh, water service collapsing, uh, they're probably going to make water and waste treatment one of their high priorities or their highest priorities. So I like xylem. Uh, I just think that this is an area that over time you're going to see grow and grow steadily for decades to come because there's just no end in sight the amount of, of work that has to be done to fix up the water infrastructure. And like we were saying earlier, Gord, we're talking $1 trillion in the U.S. alone to fix this stuff. Okay, well, if we don't want to play individual stocks, we always like to ask the question, an ETF that covers this area that you might recommend? The symbol is IGF. It trades on the NASDAQ exchange, so it's U.S. Has an expense ratio of only 0.4%, has a yield of 2.6%. And so this global infrastructure play literally covers most of the areas that we've talked about. And you can, so rather than having to pick through individual securities, if you just want to make one investment and get coverage of blanket coverage of the entire area, uh, infrastructure ETF, especially a global infrastructure ETF, uh, is certainly a good way to go. 
So there you have it, infrastructure. You hear the word a lot, and it, you know, I've, I've seen it come up in speeches, Ron, so many times over the last 10 or 15 years. We have to address the in- infrastructure issue. Nothing ever seems to happen. Are we at that point now where governments are finally saying, yeah, we have to get this underway? Well, I think that if you look at the United States, which has such an incredibly partisan House and Senate, the Democrats and Republicans are fight like cat and dog, and they can't agree on anything. But um, they recently passed, last year actually, a massive infrastructure build uh, out program where they're funding a lot of this infrastructure. So we're, I think we're starting to see the tide turn. Uh, you're seeing also bills for infrastructure starting to pass in places in Europe. Uh, in Canada, certainly, they're, they're moving more money to fix infrastructure and to add infrastructure across the country. So I think people are beginning to wake up and realize that you, you just can't sweep this under the rug forever, that you, you've got to start looking at it because, uh, I mean, you look at the uh, just the, the infrastructure that when you have the slightest problem, like at airports, for example, they're just not equipped to handle things. And that's just because they haven't been putting money back in. And, you know, with the movement to renewables, well, the infrastructure just isn't there for all, us, all of us to plug in an electric car. There's massive amounts of money that have to be spent in these areas. People are just beginning to figure out if they want to do more than just uh, uh, talk the talk about moving to a renewable world, they're going to have to put a lot of money down uh, to make that world possible, and that all spells infrastructure. So, some advice from the financial coach Ron Hebert about infrastructure. Do your homework, or if you if you you know if you're a little gun shy, look at the ETF. That's an option for you. Back again next week. We're going to talk about credit, but not our credit. About how credit is rated. Is that correct, Ron? Is that the way to put it? Yeah, yeah we're going to look at credit ratings because, frankly, too many people make investments without looking at what is below the surface in these companies. If they have too much debt, it can get you into trouble. But credit ratings are a very quick way for you to analyze a company, and we're going to talk about how to do that on our next show. Again, if you have a suggestion for a show, such as credit ratings, drop us a note to letsmakemoney.ca. That's our website, or you can reach us through cfcw.com, and we will do some homework on it, maybe get it into one of our future episodes. Back again next week for another edition of Making Money. On behalf of the financial coach, Ron Hebert, I'm Gord Whitehead. Thanks for joining us. The information presented is derived from sources believed to be reliable. This material is presented for information purposes only and does not constitute investment advice. Before acting on any investment information, a person should seek advice from an investment professional. The presenters may or may not hold positions in the securities discussed on this show and will not be responsible for any losses sustained from acting on this information.